<laughs> but we're not coming to anybody live. Nope. So. No, but we are coming at you. We are the More Than Hearers podcast. Welcome to the show. It is episode, I should have written 15. this down, 15 today. Uh, episode 15, and we are on Romans 15 slash, can I say slash? Dash? Dash? No. Oh yeah, because it's through. Ampersand? Okay, we are on Romans 15 ampersand 16. That, that's a funny phrase. Uh, my name is Orion. Oh, I, ch- I tapped my chest when I... <laughs> Orion. My name is Orion. Uh, I'm here with Peter. And uh, if you've listened at all to the show so far, you know how much I struggle with what our titles are. Um, We're just going to blow past that uh, and give you the email address because none of you have emailed us. Right? I got a Facebook message. You got a Facebook message? Yeah, right, that's two good. Facebook messages. All right, that's good. So it's two different. So this is not a waste of time. This I segment. agree. Okay. So email us if you like. Podcast at morethanhearers.com. That's the official website, by the way, morethanhearers.com. Uh, we've got our, our Facebook page, facebook.com slash morethanhearers. I'm uh, on Twitter and probably something else. Instagram. Instagram. Look for more of that soon. At Orion Plays Music. And Peter is at MTH underscore Peter. Peter, it's great to be here with you again. Another podcast, another dive into Romans. This is the final dive into yeah. Romans. That's that's weird. We've been talking about that, like what happens next and all that stuff, and it's it's kind of it's kind of weird. I, I, I do you feel kind of weird? A little bit. Yeah, it's I, good. I, it's a good weird. I'm uh, part of me. I, I was sharing with my wife actually. Part of me is excited to be finishing Romans, but at the same time, it's this uh, closing of a chapter and, and moving on to the next thing. And uh, maybe a, a, a better put together podcast would be like, hey, why don't you guys email us or send us a post on Facebook where you want us to go next? But uh, we decided that a couple months ago. Yeah, we already picked it. I'm not going to give it away to you. You're going to have to tune into episode 16 to find out where we're going next. Uh I will say this. I'm excited about it. Of course, I said that about every chapter in Romans, too. So eh, maybe I'm just an excitable kind of guy. Easily excitable. You'll have to turn in, tu- turn in? Turn in. tune in to episode 16 to find out. I, I have to say, Orion, your, your struggle with the definitions in the greeting is fun for me. I don't know if any of our listeners find it fun, but uh, this weekend um, I had to fly out of town. And uh, I basically took four flights this weekend, Uh, two one direction and two back the other direction uh, with layovers in between. I spent a lot of time on an airplane. So I downloaded several episodes of the podcast because I haven't heard them before. Oh, no. I have, but I haven't heard them before. You heard them in real time. I listened to them on the plane and uh, headphones in, sitting in my seat, laughing to myself. Nice. At myself. Yes. We are... Yeah. People on the plane looking at me like, what's what's wrong with that man? <laughs> oh, it, it's just me. <laughs> I'm laughing at this funny guy. Uh, you'll uh, never mind. Yeah, but I sincerely hope, listeners, you've had anywhere near as much fun um, and laughed along. And really, hopefully, you've learned stuff about Romans, about your faith, about God, about Christ, about the Bible along the way. 
That that's really the goal. Amen. Um, I share that. I share all of that. To dig into this book, we uh, we revere the Bible, the the living, breathing Word of God, and what does it really say? Uh, a lot of us know some of these verses. A lot of us know a lot of these verses. Honestly, this study on the More Than Hears podcast through Romans is the third time I've done Romans this year, and I'm I'm still. I shared a couple of episodes ago. I went back and listened to episode five and learned stuff from it, and that was my fourth study time through the book. So um, it's been great. It's been wonderful for me. That being said, with both feet, we're going to dive into Romans 15. We are also going to try and do 16 in this episode. You'll understand why um, as we go in. It's not because we're sick of Romans. Uh, It's just when we get to 16 and as you read through it, you'll understand. It was kind of hard to dedicate a whole episode to, but... um, it's still Bible anyway, and uh, part of the reason we do verse by verse through the Bible uh, we shared before is because sometimes you bump into verses and it would be really nice to skip over them and pretend they're not there because uh, it would make our faith easier. It would make studying the Bible easier, um, but that's not truth. Truth is to take the whole counsel of Scripture, put it up against who we know God is, through um, inquiry of the Holy Spirit to what does it really say and what does it really mean. Okay, Romans 15, starting in verse 1. As always, I'm in the NIV. You can be in whatever version you want. Follow along. Uh, Verse 1. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as, as it is written... The insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. It's from Psalm 69. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. This whole statement comes on the heels of chapter 14, where Paul spent, if you listen to the last episode, Paul spent a significant amount of time going, hey, some people are super into not eating certain foods. And other people eat all kinds of foods. Some people are super into one particular day of the week. And other people think every day is fantastic. And the end of the chapter basically goes, if you're on one side of the fence or the other, great. Don't judge the person on the other side. Well, whatever you're convicted of, stick to it because that's between you and God. And so, and and he referred to, <laughs> back to 14 verse 2, which I chuckle because I love the verse. It says, one person whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. Another person eats everything. And Paul says, some people who struggle have to limit themselves. Other people who got this knocked down, they're just all in. And so that's where 15 opens up. It says, we who are strong, we who are all in, we who've got this thing on lock. And I don't know if that's you. Some days I feel like it's me, some days I don't. But he goes, we ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. We ought to be trying to bring up our brothers and sisters in Christ instead of stepping on them to get higher, essentially. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. We shouldn't be using other people to build ourselves up. For even Christ didn't please himself, but all the way back to to Psalms, and you go, how do Psalms talk about Christ? Uh, We could do many episodes on David and Christ, or David is a type of Christ, or the Christology of David and the Christology of the Psalms. Um, it's, a, it's a big study, and so much of Psalms, while it was worship and music, was also super prophetic. 
Um, and so, uh, for Christ did not please himself, but as it was written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that the, through the endurance in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. And this shifts gears from this topic of bringing other people up a little bit, but it's here and I don't want to miss it, is for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. Because I just went back and listened to several episodes, I know we talked about this before, but there are Christian, air quotes, Christian churches today who teach that the Old Testament has no relevance. It's for the old. It's got the law and all that other stuff in it. And as Christians, we're beyond all of that, and so it's not important. There are churches who won't teach from the Old Testament at all. But then how do you reconcile this verse in the New Testament that says, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us? Can you back that up, Orion? Does that make any sense to you? Yeah, it's it's interesting uh, as you you put these air quotes on these Christian churches. I, I have ad- admitted, I don't know if I've done on this show, that, um, but I, I've told my Christian brothers and sisters that if you could take one of the testaments of the Bible and say, you don't get to see this one ever again. We're just going to remove it. But then this other one's going to keep going on. I would say you can put away the Old Testament. But that's because I've, it's taught, it's, it's done its job as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Jesus, I don't need anything more than Jesus. I mean, if, really, I mean, I'm... What's the one Ruth or something like that's yeah. like that doesn't even mention God? Maybe it's not Ruth. It's the other one. One. Uh, I one, think it's Ruth. Ruth or Esther. Esther. I think it's Esther. Esther. Literally, the whole book yeah. doesn't even mention God. Yeah, Esther. It's kind of a weird thing to have in the Bible in a yeah. way. But uh, but I mean, so you can get rid of like a bunch of this stuff because if it doesn't focus on Jesus, then I don't need it. But I can't argue against what you're saying here. I mean, because he's putting he has Jesus. You know he's in he's in yeah. he's not I, the thing the, the difference I guess he met him on a road. Yeah, he did. Okay. The the, the difference here the only the only reason I would say uh, logically I don't know if that's fair to bring a little bit of logic to it but the only th- thing I think logically that makes this th- him different than us is that he's speaking the the New Testament here. He didn't have the New Testament. No, he was actively writing it. So we have his writings, and those are inspired. We are in a different place than he, him, or the or the people he's speaking to are. So, so we have, in a way, we have an advantage. Like we have all of this New Testament scripture and all this, um, I want to say, just support for Jesus. We have we just we just have Jesus plus the writings of uh, his contemporaries. So that's why that's the only reason. I know that there's people who are gonna you know they're huffing and puffing right now that I'm even entertaining this idea of which part of the Bible we should, you know, maybe be able to get away with. But, but I'm not, I'm not encouraging it. I'm just saying I, I, Jesus is enough for me. Is that okay? It is. The only, the only things I would say, um, you're not wrong, but you can tell me if I am, I don't have any. It's, it's so much easier to support Jesus with evidence before him than it is to go, no, look at all the stuff after him that said these things about him. Like, it's so much easier to have the to support the need for Christ and the deity of Christ and the promise of Christ if you have the foundation oh. of the prophets and the law, everything pointing forward to Christ. See, I might argue that if your audience was Jewish people, then heck yeah. 
but to the to the Gentile, see, like as far as as far as I know, a lot of the biblically, the Gentiles that were reached, I don't think that it was like let me bring you some Old Testament scripture and catch you up on that first, and then I'm going to tell you about this guy. It was like, hey, there's this guy, and I'm not saying they threw the the Old Testament out, but it it was I don't think it was used to reach the Gentiles. You and I've spoken before but we're gentiles right uh i wasn't reached personally with some historical reference of of things i didn't didn't get caught up first you know sure no and that's and that's valid but at the same time i think um, as a gentile believer after coming to the knowledge of christ christ didn't appear in a vacuum he didn't come from nowhere all of a sudden it it was this found from the foundation of the earth came to this point. Everything was leading up to, and now we're on the other side moving forward past it. I, again, you're not wrong. It's I, disputable matters, I think. Ah, oh, that was that was beginning of last week, I think. <laughs> I think that's a, that's a key <laughs> I, phrase. I like uh, the disputable matters. And so, yeah, I just... Um, I, maybe I'm romanticizing the Old Testament a little bit, and not that there's anything wrong, with, wrong it. with that. It's still the inspired word of God. Um, but I don't think we can outright dismiss it. No, I'll tell you one final thought on it. For me, the Old Testament is cool because of Jesus. Absolutely. So, like, like that, that's just where I'm coming from. Like, all the stuff that I, after coming to Christ and then reading the history, it's like reading uh, any comic book, you know, geeks out there are going to... Uh, I maybe appreciate it's like episode zero, like the origin story in a way where it's like, oh, I've read the whole, I've read every episode you know, issue up until this point, but then they come out with issue zero and it's like, oh, oh, that, oh, that's why. Oh, okay. So I, yeah, I nerd out on Jesus. I don't know if we have any listeners who are comic book people. No. I was going to say guys, but I don't want to be sexist. You can be a comic book girl. I, it's great. Yeah, Fantastic. A nerd's a nerd. As a kid, <laughs> man, as a kid, I loved G.I. Joe. The toys, the cartoon, the comic. And I don't remember as a kid what issue we were on of G.I. Joe. But at some point in my childhood G.I. Joe comic collecting career, they reprinted issue number two, The Origin of Snake Eyes. Mm. I treasured that thing even though it wasn't worth much because it was a reprint. Sure. But I loved it because it was the origin of Snake Eyes. If you have never followed G.I. Joe, you're like, this nerd is being dumb. But no, it was Snake, super cool. Snake Eyes is super cool. Of all the G.I. Joe guys, <laughs> the coolest guy. Anyway, that that being said, we're going to move forward in the scripture. Uh, we're in, we're on to verse 5. May the Already? God... Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just... Anyway, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul does this in a lot of his letters. Remember that Romans is a letter to the church in Rome. This call for unity in the church. All the way back to when we started in Romans, Paul is addressing a church that has division in it. This division between Gentile believers and Jewish believers. And he's giving this push for unity. Have the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because here's the truth. A divided church is totally ineffective. If there's um, 
battles and conflict internally, how in the world are we supposed to reach out and draw people to Christ if all they see is the same stuff they're dealing with in the outside world? We have to be better. We have to do better. And we're commanded to do better. We're commanded to treat each other differently than the world treats each other. Verse 7, accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. How did Christ accept us? Uh, as filthy as I was. Were we worth anything to him? Uh, I love this verse. That, that is that is a, such an understated verse. Yeah. It's like, accept one another, then just as Christ accepted you, you rotten turd. Basically, that's how I read that. Right. Uh, Orion, you rotten turd, Orion. Christ accepted you, Peter or Orion or who are listener, when you were garbage. Honestly, I mean, you weren't worth being accepted. You were an not by ab- the God of the universe. You no. were an absolute rebellion to God. Whether you think you were doing a pretty good job or not, right. one sin, absolute well, rebellion you, to I God. I hope you don't think you were doing a pretty good job. <laughs> you weren't. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that or not. Maybe you heard it here first. Not doing a very good job at all. So. Uh, accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you, verse 8, that Christ has, has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth so that the promises made to the patriarchs might be confirmed and moreover that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy as it is written. Therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles and I will sing the praises of your name. It's sec- a little bit of Second Samuel, a little bit of Psalm 18. And again it says, Rejoice, you Gentiles, with his people, meaning with the Jews. It's right out of Deuteronomy. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Let all the people extol him. Psalm 117. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations. In him the Gentiles will hope. It's Isaiah 11, verse 10. All of these verses go all the way back to the Old Testament, long before Jesus. Isaiah was 400 years before Jesus, pointing to the Gentiles praising God. Um, Some of you, if you're listening, you don't have a whole lot of Bible exposure. I do want to explain verse 12. Um, He says, and again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will spring up. Jesse was the father of David. So the root of Jesse, the line of David, which... Jesus was born of the line of David. Uh, Joseph, his stepdad, from the line of David. And so that's that root of Jesse pieces. Also, you, you're, I'm sorry. I no, go ahead. Mary, also the line of David. Mary, also the line of David, although it's not laid out clearly in Scripture. But yeah, um, it's, we, get all of Joseph, we get all of Joseph's genealogy, the whole thing. We get every step. I thought all we had, of them. Am I wrong? I don't think we have the genealogy of Mary. I think we do. I'd love for somebody to write in and tell me where it's at. It's in, I think it's in Luke. Mm, I don't think so. I know it's, uh, Joseph's is in Matthew, but now I got to go check out Luke 1 real quick here. Because it's a different genealogy. There's two genealogies listed uh-huh. in the New Testament and in, in, in the Gospels. I, don't know I agree with you, but they're both Joseph. They can't both be. No. I'm not arguing with you, but I'm arguing with you. Okay, they can't both be Joseph. But they, they are. can't have a different guy. There's a, there's a couple listed. of people who are listed differently, and it's because um, because oh. Mary and Joseph were like distant cousins. That's weird. <laughs> That's so weird. Uh huh. Here we go. Um, nope, Joseph. Really? Yep. Yep. 
Yep. So it didn't split. It's in Luke 3. Uh, it starts in verse uh, 22, um, and it works backwards, whereas I believe Matthew 1 works forward. It is the same? They're similar. There's a few things that are different because in Matthew's genealogy, there are three or four women mentioned um, that aren't mentioned in Luke's gospel. Uh, Rahab, the prostitute. Um, uh, These would be the more recent. Ruth, um, Uriah's wife, which would be Bathsheba, and I think one other. Um, but don't quote me on that for okay. sure. Well, but otherwise, they're the same. Okay. So... All right, never mind. Um, Romans chapter 15. We didn't have to wait for emails. Okay. Yeah, or if you know something I don't, (laughs) I think it's inferred or at least suggested that maybe Mary was of the same line. Well, they can't be the same all the way up into like. No, they didn't have the same dad. Yeah, that would be wrong. Yeah, that's not okay. Um, (laughs) Wow, there we got off track. All right. We're trying to get through two chapters today. Um, I'll I'll shut up. (laughs) um, But yeah, all the way back. Uh, all through the Old Testament, which the Old Testament, Israel's God's chosen people. It's God, it's Israel. It's God, it's Israel. But then there's all these verses from starting all the way back in Deuteronomy. That's in the first five books. That's the early stuff. That's Moses' era. To Isaiah, which is towards the end, uh, uh, chronologically. Not necessarily in order of books in the Old Testament, but chronologically. Isaiah is only 400 years before Jesus. Um, all pointing to, to Gentiles. God seeking after Gentiles and Gentiles coming to the knowledge of God. So, um, verse 13, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul says in verse 14, I myself am convinced, my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with knowledge, and competent to instruct one another. Yet I've written you quite boldly on some points to remind you of them again because of the grace God gave me to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. He gave me the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Paul's trying to draw the unity of this church back together to get the Jews to understand that Paul's a Jewish guy. He was a Pharisee. He was educated in the law, but God has sent him to the Gentiles to bring them in. And in the same way, the Jewish Christians in this church should accept them in just as boldly so that they can be united together because they're all sanctified, all an offering acceptable to God. All of them. We're all, we all come to God on the same terms, which is we're sinners in desperate need of grace. Verse 17. Therefore, I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done, by the power of signs and wonders, through the power of the Spirit of God. So from Jerusalem all the way around to, uh, oh man, Illyricum. Uh, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Rather, as it is written, those who are not told about him will see and those who have not heard will understand. It's Isaiah 52. This is why I have often been hindered from coming to you. Paul opened Romans with, gosh, I've wanted to get there so bad. I just think you guys are the coolest church. But it's a church Paul didn't start. 
All these other churches that Paul writes to, Paul either started or was one of the foundational members of the church. But Romans, he didn't start it. It was an organic church that sprung up. But he goes, I've been preaching the gospel all around the world in places where they never even heard of Jesus. Some people never even heard of God. And that's why, verse 22, I've often been hindered from coming to you. Now, episode one, maybe even two or three, I talked about this part of Romans 15. If you know the book of Acts, you're going to find the rest of chapter 15 hysterical. Not, maybe not hysterical. Humorous? People say the Bible's a boring old book. Don't know how funny this is about to get. So verse 23, but now that there is no more place for me to work in these regions, and since I've been longing for many years to visit you, I plan to do so when I go to Spain. I hope to see you while passing through and to have you assist me on my journey there after I have enjoyed your company for a while. Now, however, I'm on my way to Jerusalem in the service of the Lord's people there. For Macedonia and Achaia were pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the Lord's people in Jerusalem. They were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles have shared in the Jews' spiritual blessing, they owe it to the Jews to share with them their material blessing. So after I've completed this task and have made sure that they have received this contribution, I will go to Spain and visit you on the way. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the full measure of, of the blessing of Christ. Pause there. So Paul says, I'm, I'm, I got to head back to Jerusalem. I'm going to drop off some money to the church there. I got donations. I've been taking up collection at all these other churches. And I'm going to buy a jet. Oh, wait, no, that's not what he says. I'm sorry. Mm. <laughs> he says, <laughs> a little mm. soapbox moment there. Uh, we're not going to dwell on it. I just wanted to make it funny about it. He says, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to drop this money off. They really need it. Because not only is Rome cracking down on Christians, but Jews are cracking down on Christians. In Jerusalem, a really difficult place to be a Christian. These people are being starved out. They're just being prevented from buying or from doing anything in the public market because of who they are. So we're going to drop some money off to them. And he goes, I'm going to go to Spain. If you don't know the geopolitical climate of the first century um, of Europe, mostly Eastern Europe and, and I don't the Arabian Peninsula, is that Asia? Don't ask me anything about geography. Sorry, man. I think it's Asia. Anyway, um, Spain is not Roman. It's not a Roman colony. Paul says, I'm going to go to Spain. I'm taking this Vacation good or? news. No, no. <laughs> He's not doing Ibiza. He's not taking the coast. <laughs> None of that. He's going, I'm taking the gospel beyond Rome. Rome was primarily the majority of the no known world, or at least the modern world of the time. Um, England, Ireland, Scotland, what we know as those places today, that was still barbaric. They were banging sticks together and, you know, barely, they weren't like totally barbaric, but they were barbaric. They weren't nearly as advanced as Rome was. And Spain was its own kingdom outside of Rome. And Paul goes, I'm taking the gospel out of Rome. I'm getting to Spain, but I'm going to hit Rome on the way and stop off. And I'm going to see you guys. Cause ah, man, I love Rome. Good plan. And he goes, so I'm going to drop this money off of Jerusalem. I'm going to see you guys on my way to Spain. None of that happens. Paul goes to Jerusalem. He drops off the money and he gets arrested. And um, he gets whipped up a little bit. They beat on him. This is all towards the end of Acts. Like the last three or four chapters of Acts cover this. They beat him up. The Roman guards beat him up. And he goes, you beat me up? I'm a Roman citizen. And they're like, oh, no. He goes, uh, I want to talk to somebody in charge. 
So they give him to the regional governor. The regional governor goes, I don't know, this is my fault. So he gives him to the king. In Roman culture, king uh, was kind of like our governors today. So you have the president over the country, and then there's governors over each state. In Roman culture, those were called kings. They were one step below Caesar. So they send him to a king, and he, he gives the story to that guy, including preaching the gospel. And that guy goes, lock him back up. I don't know what to do with him. And that guy's no longer king anymore, and a new king comes in, and Paul goes, hey, I want to talk to the new king. And so he goes and talks to the new king, and the new king's like, I, I, I don't know. And Paul goes, if you're going to keep me locked up, I'm a Roman citizen. I want to appeal to Caesar. And the king goes, oh, perfect. Not my problem anymore. Let it be Caesar's problem. Put him on a boat. He gets shipwrecked, bit by a poisonous snake. All kinds of crazy stuff happens. But he ends up in Rome, but in chains, not on his way to Spain. And he ultimately gets to appeal to Caesar and to preach the gospel before Caesar. And um, he, I believe, I mix up my Peter and my Paul stories. If I remember right, Paul gets released, but then before he gets out of the city, he gets rearrested, and Nero ultimately uh, becomes emperor and puts him to death. Um, uh, Nero, uh, if you know your Roman history, Nero wanted to build a new huge palace, but this huge palace was going to take up half of the marketplace in Rome. Roman citizens had rights to certain things that even Caesar could not violate. And so the people became up in arms and went, you can't do this, you're taking down half our marketplace. And so, ironically, by accident, air quotes, uh, fire starts in Rome and burns down half the marketplace. And a lot of people started to whisper and say, Nero started this fire so he could build this palace. And Nero goes, it wasn't me, it was the Christians. And so he just declares all that war on Christians for burning down Rome because how dare you violate Rome? And uh, Paul gets ends up getting caught up in that and ends up dead. So that's why I say this is funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Orion. Because Paul's like, I got it planned out. Going to go to Jerusalem, drop off a few bucks. I'm going to encourage those guys there. And then uh, I'm going to pick up a boat. I'm going to stop in Rome. I'm going to give you guys hugs. And hey, did you get my letter? What'd you think? You guys getting along a little better now? We working this out? Do a little preaching, see some sights. And then I'm going to go to Spain. I'm going to take the gospel far beyond where anybody thought it could go. And God goes, Kind of. <laughs> Not really. God actually um, uh, gives Paul a prophecy, if you will, in Acts where he goes, you're going to preach the gospel in Rome. And so Paul's like, I'm cool. Then that means I get to stop there on the way to Spain. And God's like, eh, kind of. You're going to preach the gospel in right. Rome, but not just like in some synagogue or in some hall. You're going to preach to Caesar. Not by invite, <laughs> really. But that's why I say it's funny. I just think it's funny. Um, verse 30, I urge you brothers and sisters by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the spirit to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me, pray that I may be kept safe from the unbelievers in Judea and that the contribution I take to Jerusalem may be favorably received by the Lord's people there so that I may come to you with joy by God's will and in your company be refreshed. The God of peace be with you all. Amen. That's the end of chapter 15. I want to point out one more thing here at the end of 15 before we moved into 16. And it's verse 31. He says, Pray that I may be kept safe from the unbelievers in Judea and that the contribution I take. But I want to focus on that peace because sometimes we pray for things, either for ourselves or for other people, and God doesn't do it. And we go, God, you let me down. 
I had a great plan. Where were you? What the heck? Paul asked them, pray for my safety from the unbelievers in Judea. Guess what? Paul is not kept safe from the unbelievers in Judea, but that's what brings him to Rome. That's what allows him to preach the gospel to Caesar. Sometimes when God doesn't answer our prayers, he's doing something bigger than what we can see. Yeah. Me, you, or Ryan, we can look at this and go, oh, we see why God didn't answer the prayer. Sure. But in the moment, oh man, it's really easy to go, God, you totally let me down. Uh, you and I, we were on the same page. We had a plan. What? Well, you didn't do your part, God. God's always doing his part. He always has your best interest in mind, but know that that's advancing his kingdom. Mm. That's in your best interest. All right, chapter 16. Uh, here's what's going to happen in chapter 16, and I want to lay it out for you. I'm going to probably do a fair amount of reading because it mentions a lot of people. Chapter 16 does. Here's the other thing. Uh, I don't speak Greek. Um, it should be good. I can't pronounce a lot of these names and a lot of these places. I will pronounce the ones I can. I will not dwell on the ones I cannot. If you're following along in your Bible, you can read them and make up what they sound like in your own head. I'm totally game for that. Uh, but just know that I struggle with some of this stuff. So, I commend to you, verse 1, our sister Phoebe, a deacon. Wait, a woman can be a deacon, Orion? Oh, yeah, yeah, they can. Okay. What? It doesn't say elder. Uh, Are we going there? No, No, we're not going to go there. Okay. I was just trying to be funny. <laughs> uh, the word deacon here, uh, it, there's actually a footnote in the NIV, refers here to a Christian designated to serve with the overseers or elders of the church in a variety of ways. It's also used in... Um, uh, Philemon and First Timothy and a few other places. Um, so yeah, I don't want to dwell on that. I just thought it was funny. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his people and to give her any help she may need from you, for she has been a be the benefactor of many people, including me. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, cool people, by the way, you learn about them in Acts, my co-workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me, not only I, but all the churches that the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets at their house. Greet my dear friend, I'm not going to pronounce his name, who was the first to convert to Christ in the province of Asia. Greet Mary, who worked very hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews who have been in prison with me. They are outstanding among the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. Greet this other person, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend, I can't pronounce their name. Greet Apelles, whose fidelity to Christ has stood the test. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet those in the household of Narcissus who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphenia and Tryphosa, those women who work hard in the Lord. I'm going to keep going. Greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who's worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who has been a mother to me too. Greet these next five people who I can't pronounce and the other brothers and sisters with them. Greet these other four people and Olympus and all the Lord's people who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ send their greetings. Why did I just read through all of that? Why didn't I just go pull this off a bunch of names and skip hurt, it? I think. <laughs> a little. Orion's laughing pretty hard. Uh, Here's what I want you to see in this. It's real easy to go. There's no Bible here. Or there's Bible here, but it's ancillary. Or there's, there's nothing mm. for me here, and you're wrong. No, it's a tremendous. 
All of these the right people word? with the yeah, it's tremendous. With the ex- <laughs> inside joke, with the exception of Priscilla and Aquila, you haven't heard these names before. You don't know who they are. We don't know who they are. We know little bits and pieces, women who were helpful to Paul or people at a church that met in their house. But here's the thing, people. You're involved in a church. God, I pray you're involved in a church. If you're not involved in a church, get plugged into a church. But what you're doing on Sunday morning or Wednesday night or Tuesday afternoon, you feel like it doesn't have that big of an impact. How dare you? How dare you assume that what you're doing for the gospel doesn't have an impact? These people, who we don't even know who they are, made it in the book. Mm. What book? The best-selling book of all time. Not only that, the most stolen thing of all time, apparently. There's a statistic somewhere. But anyway, these people made it in the book. Why? Because they were faithful to do what God called them to do, regardless of how big it was. None of these people were a Paul, but they had an impact on Paul. Be someone who has an impact for the kingdom. Whether you can see it or not, do what God has given you to do. Okay, off my soapbox. Verse 17, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them. I don't think this is difficult to understand. I don't think if you look at this, you go, oh, what, what's Paul trying to say there? What, maybe we should uh, just try to be nice to people who uh, cause divisions in the church. No, no, keep away from them. For such people are not serving the Lord, our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Everyone has heard about your obedience, so I rejoice because of you, but I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. How do we do that in 2018 as a church? It's this. It's digging into the Bible like we've been doing through 15 episodes. It's knowing what truth is so that when you hear falsehood, when you hear somebody who's making up stuff, when you hear someone who's twisting scripture just a little bit to get their own way, you go, That's not what that means. I've read that part. I I know this book, and that's not in it. That's how you do that. Verse 20. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Amen. I can't wait. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Timothy, oh, we know that guy. My coworker sends his greetings to you as do Lucius, Jason, and ah, I can't do the name. My fellow Jews. I, Tara, uh, can't say it. Who wrote down this letter, greet you in the Lord. Verse 22 is the one I just read. It's so cool that it's there because we know this about Paul. He dictated his letters. Uh, Some people think Paul uh, couldn't write neatly. Some people thought Paul's vision was so bad he couldn't see well enough to write. We don't really know, but Paul dictated a lot of his letters. This guy is the guy who wrote it. Gaius, whose hospitality I and the whole church here enjoy, sends you his greetings. Erastus, who is the city's director of public works, and our brother Quartus send you their greetings. Now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ, in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all the Gentiles might come to the obedience that comes from faith. To the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen.
And like that, we're at the end of Romans. You got to tune in next time for episode 16 and see where we're going next. I hope this study in this letter by Paul to this church in Rome, this amazing masterpiece of Christian faith has encouraged you. And I'm so excited to dig deeper into the Bible beyond here with you. And so we, because that was, that's inspired, that's not happening right now. (laughs) Alarm. (laughs) Little did you know, more than hearers is recorded in a garage in a back alley in the hood. Uh, Where was I? Do you want to fix that? I think.